What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 287. Um, yeah, it's getting up there. I'm Steve. I'm still Steve, and um, I'm sure you guys are the same guys you were last yeah. week, but go ahead and introduce yourselves. I'm Ryan. I'm still Beep. here. Beep. And my name is John. There it is, yeah. So I was right. We were all the same people. Yaha. Just one week older. Yeah. One week older oh. and deeper in debt. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, man. How you guys doing? Doing, man. Yeah. I went, I went back to work this week after my paternity, my long-ass paternity leave. And uh, how, how was it? Man. Well, paternity leave was great. Going back to work, not so not much. So mu- not, not so much. Did you go back to work or did you go back to work like from home? Is it remote? So, yeah. So it's weird. Like I have to go in there at least a little bit to kind of figure out what we're going to do in terms of like a like a staggering schedule with my coworker, like so that somebody's there, somebody's not. Because we, we have to support like a I work for Penguin Random House and um, we have like a massive warehouse from the book publisher here in Maryland. Mm-hmm. So the warehouse we have to physically support, you know what I mean? Because like they have constant shipments right. and all that stuff. Okay. So, but it's been pretty good the past couple of days. Like, you know, no one's there in my side of the building. So, like, oh, I'm the only person, literally, like, of maybe three people in my whole department. But I'm in my own little room where no one's there. So, I feel pretty good about that. Um, and you know, going into the warehouse and working is a little bit of a nerve wracking thing because I've been super conservative and paranoid, and being around that many people makes me a little uneasy. But you know, they're like social distancing. They're all masked up. I mean, they're doing the best thing they can do. And it's a big warehouse, so there's no reason why I need to be close to anybody. So right. um, we'll see, man. It just sucks going back to work, man. Like, yeah, uh, my job's good. I like my job, but I like staying home with my kids way more. I and uh, yeah. I wish I could be home, you know, with them. And uh, it feels so natural, you know. It, do- it and then really when does. When you go and do that other thing, it's like, the whole concept is they pay you to do it, and we know that's what society thrives on. But like, you realize how unnatural common life is, you know, or normal yeah. life yeah. is. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We're actually we're like, going to talk about a movie that has a little bit to do with that, like what's yeah, a natural yeah. life and what's a what's a weird life. And uh, yeah, definitely returning to work from from paternity leave was one of the most like yeah. distancing, uh, emotionally distancing experiences for me. Coming back and going, wow, my heart is not in this. Like it was in I, that. At all, yeah. And, you know, yeah, it's like in Sydney, my daughter is three, almost four this summer. She, like, gets it, you know. She's like, you know, basically, like, I don't want you to go back. Like, she's, like, crying. It's like, oh, my God, I can't no. I can't take this. I can't take this. Especially because, you know, even when we were working for the rest of the year, my, my, my old position, I could work from home. So I was here, even if I wasn't present in, all day. So I was here, you know. So that's a whole other, like, scale or level of it is, like, working but work from home. Or working and out of the out of the house, which is I think really crushed her a little bit, but she's doing okay. It'll crush yeah. me more. But yeah. uh so that's been my week. This new week has been getting back to work, getting my head around it, understanding that uh I do have a job <laughs> I have to do, which I'm thankful for. Right. Don't right. get me wrong. But uh what about you guys? Anything new and exciting since we last got together? Um work, work and more work. Um work, so- work, 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 work. <laughs> I'm helping people like up update their version of Windows remotely, which is torture. Torture that's a, getting that's people. That's a bad decision, yeah. Getting people to follow instructions remotely is nuts. And luckily, like, you know, that's like a the little upgrade tool. It's an yeah. incremental update, but getting people to follow instructions is so hard. 
Yeah, I mean, we've been trying to get yeah. people to leave reviews on this podcast for years, yeah. and they just and don't no. listen. You know we've what's in, crazy? We've instructed, we've demanded, we've <laughs> begged. Threatened, we've, even. We've, <coughs> yeah. You know what's even weirder? We're changing the way that we're delivering the podcast, and people are going to see that and talking about that and still not rating the podcast, yeah. which is crazy to me. Crazy. Just know. rate the... I love we love you. I'm, I'm I am starting a civil case against our listeners. Actually, I, I, I was going to talk to you guys about it off air, but oh, man. you're hearing about Might it. Might as well, yeah, yeah. Add me to it, John. Please, can I be a co-claimant in that yes. case? Thank yes. you. I kind of need you, actually. Uh, I got you. Um, yeah. I, the only thing I want to say about today is it's as if a great evil has left the world. I'm not going to say more than that, but I, I feel, you know, I don't know. Just yeah. kind of good. You said it. <laughs> this is being recorded yeah. Wednesday evening, so if anybody needs to do some math, check out your yeah. calendar. I'm Carry not the saying, two. I'm yep. not saying stop the podcast and rush off and look at the calendar. I'm just saying, you know, maybe think about some of the things I've said and little clues here and there. Yeah, don't don't rush to listen to the podcast. You yes. can check it out later. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So okay, let's let's like you mentioned, we're going to be talking about some feature reviews later in the podcast. Actually, two movies that are coming out again. We're we're killing it. Two weeks in a row, we got all these great timed reviews. Yeah, uh, we're going to be talking about Silk Road and Nomadland, which uh, Silk Road's coming out on Pivod, and Nomadland is kind of going in a an interesting like limited release in theatrical um, uh, in theaters, and then there's going to have like a Hulu release as well. Oh. Um, but before we get to that, we always kind of up at the top of the episode, we want to talk about some news. Catch up on what we've uh, read, seen, talked about since the last episode. So, um, I think we talked a little about a little bit about it before we got recording. But is anything jumping out that you guys want to start with uh, in tonight's episode? Yeah, um, it was recently announced that uh, Regina King will be portraying uh, the first black woman in Congress, uh, Shirley Chisholm, who also ran for president, which is uh, so cool. Fresh off the heels of you know. Kamala Harris getting uh, put into office as vice president, our first black vice president and first black woman. Yeah, like, yeah. That's not, I, I hate hearing first. There shouldn't be any more firsts for anybody, but, and it's truly a shame, but we. No, it's I embarrassing think, when you, when you, yeah, when you think about how many firsts. Like, my first thought was, oh, that's awesome that she's so many firsts. And then my yeah, next thought was, right. oh, boy. That's, I mean, not that we didn't know it already, but it just underlines that, that, yeah. that ugly yeah. truth about America that we already knew. But yeah, um, Regina King's doing it. I'm looking forward to it. So it's pretty cool. Have, did you guys watch One Night in Miami? Yes. We never talked Perf- about yeah. that. Ronald mentioned it at the end of like, oh, at the man. end of oh. two episodes ago. He mentioned like a little quick quick take on it i haven't seen it yet myself did you see it joe yeah no, i thought it was you know again just made me think of her like she's kind of having a moment like after yeah. watchmen and she got so much attention for that and uh, winning the oscar obviously for um if beale street could talk right that was what yep. she won for mm-hmm. and then she's even popping up in a commercial driving a an suv and then directing a commercial within the commercial so you know she's on that level where people recognize her as a director even when she's selling you a car so that's that's a pretty pretty cool thing uh but she's just i feel like people are like just regina king's on a high right now so that's a great yeah. big role um but also yeah the the movie she made is is uh, what did you think of it ronald i think it's really interesting it feels like a play is it based on a play i, I really yeah, wondered so, that when i was watching it <clears throat> one of aaron and i's first dates ever was um actually to see um 
a uh, Baltimore chapter center stage did it uh, one night in Miami. It was this was four years ago. Um, is one of the better. So when I was a kid, um, when I went to, when I was in high school, we used to go to center stage and see a movie every week. Uh, it was us and uh, I went to Carver Center for Arts and Technology in Towson, and the Baltimore School for the Arts were there, and we we'd see plays at, at uh, you know the midday discounted rate. Uh, it was incredible, and I got I, you know I've, I've seen a lot of plays. This is one of the better ones I've seen uh, in general. You know, so I thought that already, but then the movie kind of filled in some holes that the play just couldn't do because of the limitations of, of the stage. Um, I loved it, man. I thought the dialogue was, you know, I hate this word timely because everything is timely when it comes to human rights. Random, man. I, politics. I, we got to stop saying that I'm not a political person. If you believe in people and things moving forward and, and your family's prosperity, you believe in politics. That's the thing. I don't well, know. You know what I, I've I, noticed, Ronald, is, is, and I've kind of tried to stop doing this. People always say, I don't mean to get political, but, yeah, and then they say something that's like just you, a human rights yeah. issue or something. And it's like, don't, that's okay to be political when you're yeah, literally yeah. talking about human life and death issues. Yeah, like that's, don't, don't apologize for being political, you know? Well, what people don't understand is like your, your stance, your lack of, of a stance is a political statement. Yes. So you by, you by proxy, are a political statement where everything you do and say is. And this is kind of an indication of that, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali's just kind of coming into his own. He's changed his name and he's dealing with the conflict of trying to figure out, you know, how he's going to represent himself. And, you know, everybody's kind of at this sort of precipice. These are very famous people kind of on the, you know, they're, they're, they're getting huger and these people are kind of meeting this actually this meeting actually really happened but somebody wrote a fictitious account of what they believe was said in that hotel uh the the night that um muhammad ali won a championship fight and was you know was going to announce that his name was muhammad ali so it's it's cool man it's a very good well-written play there's this scene with sam cook that that is singed into my mind man i'm not going to say what it is but you have to see the film it's it's i don't care who you are and what your political beliefs are you will be touched by it it's just one of those moments man so leslie uh, odom jr who plays sam cook is probably the big takeaway from the movie for me and i think his character too is in the most kind of precarious position because he comes under the most kind of criticism in a way in the movie, yeah. you know, and yeah. has to prove himself the most. I, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I thought it was great too. I thought it yeah. was, you know, from and every one of those actors did something amazing with, with a, with a person whose voice and and behavior we know. You know what I mean? Without doing yeah. like a yeah, Saturday Night absolutely. Live level impression yeah, or yeah. something. It's like you can but, hear it. You're like, yeah. oh, okay. Particularly the is... guy uh, who was it who played Cassius Clay or Muhammad Ali, uh, Eli Gori or Gori. Yeah. He killed Corey. him, man. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, that's the character where you could easily come off doing a caricature, and he managed to bring those inflections to... Th I mean, again, it, it just... You can't not do the voice, but you also... If you do the, too much of the voice, you're going to seem like uh, you're you're a cartoon. So, no, yeah. that was that was an... Yeah. Uh, 
a really engrossing movie. I kind of put it on not intending to watch it. I was like, I'll put this on while I'm doing some things just because I knew it was a talky movie and I thought maybe I could get away with that. But right. I, I, I really couldn't. I ended up just standing there staring, yeah. holding a broom. and <laughs> <laughs> Solid movie, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what, what else is happening in the world of cinema and television? Well, we kind of missed this by a hair last time, but uh, Gina Carano was let go, fired, not rehired for the next season of whatever you want to say, uh, The Mandalorian, but even more so the uh, Rangers show, which I think at one time, and we talked about this, we alluded to this, I believe, when we talked at some point about the, maybe we never got to this on the show, but I know that off, off mic, we talked about some of those Star Wars shows that were coming up, and that Rangers of the New Republic show was at one time based on her character Cara Dune, or I think it may have even been called Cara Dune and the Rangers of the New Republic at some time. Yeah. And then when they announced it, it was just Rangers of the New Republic, which seemed like, okay, if you've been tracking that, that's a stepping away maybe from her character. And then she has since then been let go uh, for, it seems, expressing, uh, some people are calling them conservative views, but I think uh, it's more f- fair to say uh, you know, anti-Semitic views and transphobic views. Um, yeah. But she certainly seems to have been embraced by a certain sector of the conservative community uh, since she was let go by Disney. Apparently fans are petitioning to have her rehired, but I've, t- I've seen way more people that are like, I thought she kind of sucked as an actor anyway, and now I can say that and not worry. Uh, she, you know, there's wooden acting all over Star Wars. I, I do think she was one of the worst offenders. Um, her character was a cool idea. I was willing to hang in there. But, uh, yeah, I remember last fall or last summer or somewhere in last year she was posting some the transphobic stuff. Uh, and then she seemed to be kind of anti-mask. I mean, just a lot of things that I don't align with at all. Um, so, yes, I mean, I guess... This specific thing I wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on, but also just the broader question of someone's views being the cause of their being kind of, uh, you know, uh, pushed out of of a, a public role like this or just let go. You know, there's no I mean, re- there's no rule against just letting someone go because you don't want to work with them. But this does feel like this is a We were talking before about everything being political. This is like a political choice not to work with someone whose views go a certain way. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean. Definitely what what Rana was talking about before. I mean, that comments like that. I mean, you know, a company like Disney, like, you know, Lucasfilm, like these are international mega billion dollar brands, you know, and, you know, they're trying to reach the biggest audience possible. Some will say like these people petitioning for whatever, like that they're alienating an audience by removing an actor who makes comments like this. But, you know, back to Ronald's comment is like, you know, just basic human decency, basic human rights, basic human understanding, you know, regardless if you want to like call her conservative, like that's kind of the drum that they're beating right now and all that she's kind of talking about doing with Ben Shapiro and, you know, his whole thing. But I think the bottom line is, is that, you know, a company, um, you know, has grounds for terminating these kinds of, you know, employment opportunities that these actors are getting when they want to make stupid fucking comments like that. You know, like she's already... She was already seemed like she was kind of on a short leash or a short lead, like when she made the transphobic comments, like at, back in the fall or whatever. And I mean, I had read that, you know, the word was that they were actually like trying to find a reason to let her go, you oh, know, like wow. officially let her go. And that's actually why they didn't like straight out announce a, uh, like a, uh, a, a spinoff series just for her. Like there was going to be involvement in what, you know, the series you were talking about that. But I had read in Hollywood Reporter that like there was conversations that, you know, at that Disney's investors thing that we all talked about 
a few episodes back, like that there was supposed to be like an announcement for an, a, a series for her, like specifically for her, that got you know kind of canned um, after those first remarks, and then it kind of comes back around and you know <coughs> hanging on by a thread and making comments like this. Um, I, I I don't I don't see any I, I can't really hear any claim or argument that like what she said is a, a political stance, you know, like if she wants to make comments like about her having a more of a conservative nature, like maybe stick to things that don't have to do with the Holocaust, you know, like, they, you know, that had right. nothing to do with conservative politics in the United States of America. Um, so I, I, I say bye to her. Like I, again, like I, I have uh, no stake in her uh, career. Honestly, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan in general. Like I do like kind of seeing a character like that in the star Wars uh, universe. And it did seem like, you know, it had a place in that story and, and, and its own story, maybe as a spinoff. Maybe they'll come back to this in the future. I don't know if they're going to recast her or what, but, you know, I just I, I'm so like, I don't know. I'm yeah. so burned out on this, like, you know, I don't even know. It's like the cancel culture or not not to say that I don't think she should have been like, oh, I do. But, like, you know, I think it's right. more of just like a accountability type thing, you know, like, you know. Uh, understanding that you, you don't just get the right to go out and say you have the freedom of speech, but you have to understand that like what you say, people can can disagree with you and can take action based on that if it feels that it's going to alienate customers in this case and Disney's you know subscribers or people that are buying you know her characters action figures you know that you know right. that yeah. are Jew, you know Jewish immigrants yeah. or, you know have family that suffered you know like that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, opening to, your mouth and saying dumb shit is the difference yeah. between being a new uh, uh, iconic Star Wars character and working on some ambiguous movie with Ben Shapiro. You right. know, piece Absolutely. of shit. There's hack, your scale. Dumbass uh, right. Ben Shapiro. So, right. It's like that's the difference. And I think that, yes, yeah, Steve, you nailed it. That idea of consequences seems foreign to some of these folks it really who, does. who just yeah. clutch their pearls I and act so offended when somebody loses an opportunity for expressing hateful views. I think right. Right. Um, so. I I'm I'm pretty big MMA fan, and um, I remember when Ronda Rousey knocked her in on Tuesday, and she retired, and 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 sought out acting. Um, you know that. So for context, if if you know about Gina Carano, I don't. I think sometimes we got to get rid of the like last straw thing when it pertains to these sorts of people. Um, Gina Carano has like years and years of saying things like this. This isn't like a, like the last straw was when she said that she's been talking like this for a really long time. And it's, it's, it's crazy that she was able to get this job. Um, and I couldn't help but think it'd be crazy if the person that knocked her out were to replace her. Um, Except Ronda Rousey's a shitty actor too. So yeah, keep her, keep her so not, far away. But she's, but she's, but she's. We don't need she's more a lot people more, that can't act in Star Wars, but it, Ronald. But it, she's <laughs> no, a lot more kid-friendly. No, we dodged the bullet when people were pushing her for some Marvel character. I think it was Captain Marvel yeah. that people wanted her for, and I was so glad they didn't do that. That would be stunt um, casting. Yeah, yeah. Get, get someone who can act and get them get to work out, or, or get someone who works out and can act. I'm sure that act. they're out there. Yeah. There's, there's some people. But, no. yeah, I, I don't I don't want it to for people to think that there's this is just one or two things that she said. She's been talking like this for a really long yeah. time really long time so yeah so you know, yeah goodbye. yeah better better the, the the product by probably partying yeah with her, you're representing a kid's yeah. company a kid's yeah. company we gotta stop this is a kid's company right espn 
also owned by Kids Company. So watch your mouth. Say owned by kids, and I was going to be like, owned "What happened with ESPN that I didn't know about?" Owned you, by the you mouse. Know about those children that bought. Uh, one other bit of Mandalorian news. I just don't know if you guys knew this, but the uh, the Lego Baby Yoda figure. <laughs> oh man, cutest fucking. That's really cool. Yeah, I don't know if you can see. Well, that's consistent with all of the merchandising for right. Baby Yoda. Like it's all the <laughs> so cutest. Good. I know, but things. they made special new tiny parts. Like you know, this is like this is a one peg. Right. Footprint. This is not a two peg footprint, guys. This is a one peg footprint. Anyway, that's one peg. Yeah, it's a one peg. Um, oh, we talked to our baby Yoda. We gave Henry a baby Yoda for Christmas that we actually like are careful with it. And it makes me realize that it's the same thing that happened. That they made this toy so that it's weighted so that when you pick it up, you must, it's, you feel like an actor on the set. You know how they always seem so careful with it when they pick up baby Yoda? Um, it, yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Everybody loves Baby Yoda. All right, um, go ahead, Ronald. <laughs> so it was just announced that um, Donald Glover just signed an eight-figure deal with Amazon. Uh, and then a couple of days before, it was announced that he was going to be in the new Mr. and Mrs. Smith. With, with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Phoebe, Phoebe yeah. Waller-Bridge. I, you know. I, I, Isn't that great? Everybody always, was happy about that news. That was some yeah, good news. Eight-figure deal. With Amazon. So, like, apparently that is falling under the deal of yeah. this stuff. I don't know what that means for. Is that going to be a series? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently it's going to be series. a series. I think they're going to be great together. In fact, we already know they have some kind of uh, Lando slash droid chemistry because they, they were good together in the solo movie. Um, but no, are they going to be co-creating this show too? Because that would be the ultimate standard. Apparently, for yeah. Like, if it's yeah. like it's, two it's, of them writing it together or, yeah. or producing it together, that would, yeah. you know, that so could be cool, insanely man. good. Yeah, that, this um, just falls in line with like what we were talking about before about like the overall deal that like Coogler got with Disney. You know, like every single day you're hearing about this stuff. Like, and it's yeah. just like who can lock up who, and for how long, and you know, let's do it. Like one of the news items that we were talking about, I wanted to bring up was that you know uh, Jordan Peele, at, you know, he announced that like you know his next like super secret project that he's been like working on casting. This fall, apparently, like Kiki Palmer apparently landed the lead, which is great. I love her. You know, she I think she did some stuff on the Key and Peel show, which so that'd be cool to see her working with him again. Um, but that, you know, Kaluuya might be in talks to be in this film as well. But just as an example, you know, of, you know, Jordan Peele and Monkey Paw and, and their production deal with Universal. It's just like, you know, you get this talent, you get these creators, you get these voices that are just consistently delivering and. You know, you're talking now, you know, three, four years after Jordan really kind of hit it with Get Out. And people are just as excited for, you know, the third film in this deal um, that he'll be writing and directing. And the same can be said for Donald Glover's deal at Amazon or yeah. Coogler's deal at Disney. It's just like it's it's not going to stop. And, you know, these these creators, these these actors, writers, producers, directors, whatever, you know, hyphen that they're working through. It's just really, it's exciting, and and it's it makes me happy that the people that we love, you know, that we talk about all the time on this podcast, are the ones that we're hearing getting the opportunities, you know, getting these deals where they're getting the opportunity to lock themselves into create multiple things. So you know, you create something, if it's not great or it doesn't go over so well, you know, it's not like that was your shot and you and you're done. You know, like these are overall deals. They have production deals. They set up these you know, long-term things so they can create things. Like, uh, what did you say it was a, how long was his, uh, it, Ronald, did, did it say? Like, is uh, it beyond the, beyond the money? Is it like years or is it projects? I th- it doesn't say. It just says that it's 
Right. Atlanta has been renewed. No, it doesn't say. It just says eight-figure deal. Right. So, I mean, like, usually I think the Monkey Paul one is, like, a five-film deal. So, like, you know, but he's he's had success with each of those films that he's put out so far. And there's no doubt that the third one will probably be great and people will love it. Yeah. But it's just, like, you know, you, you, you hate seeing people get opportunities. And if it doesn't go over so well, it's like that was their shot. So, yeah. like, you know, getting this entry into these big deep pockets of these companies that just need content they need you know ip and they're just like hey come on mm-hmm. make five things for us we're yeah. confident that they're all gonna be great but if one's not make the next one like i i don't want i don't want these creators to be i hate hearing like the idea of like you know uh like the people failing and never getting a shot or certain types of people failing and getting more than others like i, I hate that shit like and it, and it, unfortunately it's true and it needs to change. And this is a way to say, hey, Donald, hey, Ryan, hey, Jordan, like, we, we, we want you. Like, make yeah. what you want to make and and show us why, you know, you're in this business and we want you in our companies. Even though we didn't like Wonder Woman 84, it's great to know that Patty Jenkins is doing a Star right. Wars movie sure. and she's getting to Absolutely. do another Wonder Woman movie. The fact that, Absolutely. that a lot, I mean, a lot of people did like that movie, so it's hardly like what you would call a flop. But yes, it's it's often been the case that when a woman director fails or when a person of color, color makes a movie yep. and and fails, the, the, the headline is like, well, is, is America ready for a black director or whatever? Right. You know, I mean, it's I'm exaggerating, but it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like let's not make every every movie a referendum on on that aspect of things. If we're not going to do the opposite, which you're right, like you think of all the think of all the the, the white men who've directed flop after flop and been given chance after chance because they had one movie that was like a festival favorite or a hit right, at yeah. some point. Right. So, yes, I mean, that that same uh, that same uh, courtesy should be extended to anybody. Uh, but also, I think the flip of that is kind of what you said, Steve, to your point. These are successful filmmakers that are doing the innovative stuff. These are not yeah. typically the people that are making the, the wobbly movies that come out and people don't respond to. Jordan Peele yeah. has his has his finger on the pulse. Uh, yeah. Ryan Coogler knows how to put a movie together. You know, these are people that are um, Donald Glover is a genius. You know, so it's like, yeah. I don't know, we're going to see great stuff from these people, most likely. But rather than great stuff, I, what we really want to see is what they want to make. I mean, we're, right. we're at that point where, yes, they are. They are our tours or whatever you want to call yeah. that person who's who's so, aesthetic you just want more of yeah donald glover crazy deal and then the announcement of uh jordan peele and recruiting kiki palmer and daniel kaluuya for this new feature which whatever. makes yeah. me so happy i like kiki palmer i liked her in me the too. scream queens yeah. yeah, I kind of feel like she doubted on a, it was up to a hundred, but I think if if Jordan can find so her, was that show though. Let's, you're let's right. keep it in perspective. Yeah, absolutely. The Ryan right. Murphy show. <laughs> Ryan yeah, Murphy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That show was he just nuts. Starts, he wakes I, up I at a hundred. Shows yeah. up it was, from there. It's a, it was a solid show. It, like the first show. time I saw it, I was just like, "This is this is crazy." I don't really like this. Second time I watched, it, I'm like, "All right, now I get why Steve liked this show. Yeah, it, it's yeah, yeah. it's if you're good with the tone of it, it's it's solid, man." So Any cool. other news? Tim Burton. Um, oh, Tim yeah. Tim Burton's Netflix series. Yeah, the Wednesday live action. I think it said it was going to be like an eight-episode series that Tim Burton's going to be doing for Netflix. Yeah. Um, Wednesday Adams kind of live action spinoff series. I mean, that kind of sounds, sounds cool. like you, you can sort of picture yeah. the tone in your head right there, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Seems oh, right. Has the, any casting been announced? I don't think so. Okay. I, th- I don't think so. Um, I think they just wanted to announce it on a Wednesday. 
The good news is Christina oh. Ricci still looks eleven, so we're fine. Yeah, hire her. <laughs> I would love to see that. Like a oh, that would be cool. Like a follow up with Wednesday. Yeah. Did you guys see the trailer for Cruella? Yes. Yes. I mean, come on, it looks so fun. Yeah, I, I, I only wonder. Like, I, I, it does look fun. I love Emma Stone. I'm all about it. I want to see it, but it does seem like. Hot topic Say for the movie. Say yeah, it. like like just like I don't know. You look. I, one why the tone seems a little odd for like a Disney spinoff of a yeah. villain. Yeah. And also like I've been seeing tons of people post this on Twitter. It's like who knew this was gonna be existing in the world of like Joker or something like yes. that. So like, what? I think I think for the next like five or six years it's like we're gonna thing. see yeah. this like you remember remember how after Matrix came out, everybody was in leather? Yeah. Harley Quinn created this, like, wave. And I'm not talking about, like, I love, you know, uh, women-led films. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean that specific niche that you're speaking about. Yeah. Where they're kind of in this, like, you know, neon colors, white makeup, you know, just kind of action shots of somebody doing, like, a kick across this across the room. It feels a lot like Harley Quinn, which is what a lot of people were saying. There yeah. are shots that they were pointing out. I saw a video that kind of had like three shots from that trailer. They were identical to the ones in, in um, Harley Quinn's solo film. So, yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, Emma Stone is good. Yeah. yeah, we know that Emma Stone is good. She can she can do a lot. It's cool to see her kind of unfurl this character. What looked yeah. fun to me was that part of it and the fact that they're bringing this kind of punk almost sensibility to this character. The, the thing I'm not crazy about with it, I mean, and this is not about this movie. This is just a general trend. It's like what we're doing culturally, and this is where I thought you were going, Ronald, um, is that I like villains, you know? Yeah. I don't want necessarily to be like, let's find out the story of how we really should be rooting for this villain. Right. And right. I'm not saying this movie is necessarily yeah. going to be that. I think at the end, we probably will have a villain. I remember the Joker was coming out and I had a similar concern about that. It's like, I don't really want to change my valence. My, like, I don't want to like have sure. a different attitude towards someone who I know is a, is a homicidal killer. I don't really want to yeah. be like, she wants to skin those puppies, but you know, we kind of agree with her. Like, so I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some way they're going to thread that needle. But if I, it, to me, it's like, it's, I mean, it's almost like it, it goes back to wicked or something like that, where it's like, let's do the revisionism where now, you know, Cobra Kai, whatever you want to say, or Maleficent. now the villain is actually the sympathetic yeah. one. And the hero was actually the jerk. I think some yeah. of that is fun. And some of that is like, well, no, but then now we don't have a story anymore. You know, like to yeah. me. Um, so as long as that, that would be my bigger concern would be like, are we losing the fact that Cruella DeVille, we love her because she's a great. Oh yeah, she's, villain. She's yeah, she's, she's wrong. Yeah. She's evil. So um, I think again, I I see they can do that. They've done it many times. Make a, a character like you know the villain, kind of the 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 front man, so to speak, of a of a movie like that. Yeah, yeah. it's just uh, to me, Cruella Deville is one of the most hissable villains ever. So I would hate if if totally if they agree. lose that aspect. But I think yeah. it looks. Yeah, I, I know so many people that seem to be excited about the look and feel of this, and that is something where I was like, you know what, I'm I'm just responding to this. Based on like, if I were in a theater and I saw that trailer, and I had no knowledge of this movie, I would be like, "Oh, uh, yes, I'll watch yeah, that now." You know, absolutely, I'm down for this. Okay, so Cruella, um, and then the Snyder Cut trailer. <laughs> you know what? It looks better than the movie we got. I hate to say it, like 
my that's feeling. It. I saw that's the trailer and I was say. like, this looks better than the Justice League that came out in theaters. So, Steve, uh, you know, John, Steve, John, I, I watched this trailer and thought I saw this movie in the theater. That's the first thing I, I was like, yeah. I, did they? I at first when I saw it, I was like, man, when I first heard about the Snyder Cut, I'm like, OK, so they're going to throw in a couple five minute scenes that just weren't in the film before but now that i'm hearing what the movie was originally supposed to be and how the studio butchered it i'm starting to feel kind of like i get this now like i get why the people it, are you joining them are you going to join the movement did you order your t-shirt did you put your money in for the for the uh banner they're flying in the sky steve i can feel it man it's it's just something really cool about the people speaking and having it come out. I mean, like, this doesn't look like the same film. The The tone even looks different. It really different. doesn't. It looks better. Like, what, the look of it looks better. The look, looks I mean, so I feel like different. what we saw was, like, them trying to make it into a Marvel movie. And Absolutely. they brought Joss Whedon that's the, that's in. That's it. And it's not just that he... That there was he, he finished the stuff that Snyder was going to do. It's like whatever the forty percent, fifty percent, whatever was left to do was new mm. stuff. So it's like or altered stuff. So like, I mean, again, you know, I mean, I know it follows the week where <laughs> Joss Whedon has been in the news and and uh, not for any good reason. And so it's like it, I'm not just trying to piss all over the movie for that reason. I think no. we were all sort of hopeful when we heard he was the guy that was stepping in for Zack Snyder. You know, I mean, or not if not hopeful, we all at that time thought, oh, maybe this is what DC needs is an infusion of that kind of that kind of humor or whatever. Right. And, and it didn't. It wasn't. It, it, it resulted in a movie that didn't work for most people that I've talked to. So. Um, so yeah, this looks more cohesive and just the look and feel. I mean, we've always known that Zack Snyder is this great visual stylist, you know? So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't think we've ever been like, no, Zack Snyder sucks. No, this is stupid. We've, we made fun of the release the Snyder cut hashtag for a year or whatever. We and the people that were so sure of it. So and much. I still maintain that we were right, that the movie that they wanted to see wasn't sitting in a vault somewhere. The no. Money got poured into this, you know, that they, they finished they created something new for people um but the idea that now they don't they have a, they've basically said there's no plans to continue this and i don't know it's an interesting it it may exist as a very interesting little closed off uh cul-de-sac of a movie but if people love this uh, surely they're going to say well maybe we can you know maybe hey, ben affleck you know yeah what are you doing Aaron and i watched it and she was like that's this is the same movie that we saw in the theater right and i was like i don't think so <laughs> It's it not. So, I mean, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's man. not the movie. It's a different film. It's not. It is okay. Well, you know, let's see what happens. Hopefully, yeah. we can cover it. See, we That'd can eat really our words. Cool. We can, Soon enough. We can Soon take enough. our words and dip it in, uh, you know, uh, special sauce and and eat them right here on the show. But wow. I will maintain we never said <laughs> that Zack Snyder would have made a crappy movie. We just always <laughs> thought that it was overhyped and silly to yeah. assume. But yeah, this is this obviously is something a little different. And uh, yeah. it, it, I mean, it is still going to be the movie he was intending to make, or has he made it a little different because now he knows he's not getting that Justice League Part Two that this was supposed to be setting up. He said it was the movie he had intended okay. to make. Like he was very clear. Like I, you know, I had a clear vision. This is a one-off. This is what I wanted to make originally. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he, he had like scenes that he was showing to people where he's like, this is the scene that they did. And this is what I wanted to look at. And you're like, this looks incredible. Like he yeah. like, I, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Well, we're just going to roll with this new we'll feeling we'll that soon. we're experiencing of being sort of 
excited to see the Snyder Cut. But I also, guess. I think again, it's going to be Dude, there. I'm, it's going to be. Man, it's going to be. I've been excited. No, to see we, the we've Snyder we've cut. never like, been. You, you have yeah. been excited. We've never. I, I, I just really I just like it. the idea of seeing what he had to say. Yeah. What he wanted to say. Look, I mean, like what the movie was supposed to be. Right. Exactly. That's it. What what it was supposed to be. It's like this is not rewriting history. This is just. Like, this is something else. That's it. I just we, wanted to see something else. One thing that makes me very happy about this podcast, we all have our biases. We all love our things, right? But when we see a good version of a thing, we can acknowledge it. I, I, You know, sometimes I'll talk to people who are, like, avid Marvel fans. And if they see something that's anything DC of quality, they cannot acknowledge it on any yeah. level. They're just yeah. like, nah, it's, it's no way. This is a, yeah. this is a copy of, like, no, man. Some, they they make good stuff, man. On occasion, sometimes, you know. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes they make good stuff. You know, speaking of Marvel, maybe this is a good time to tell our uh, audio listeners and perhaps people that l that watch this but don't know about uh, something else. Maybe we should tell them about our little spinoff that that uh, is coming out now. Someone want to yeah. take the lead on that, Ronald? You're the guy who does the most work. Yeah, um, <laughs> we got a Marvel shirt on. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, we decided that. You know, we're big fans of Marvel, and we realized that it was taking up a shit ton of this podcast because we love it. And we yeah. wanted to give our listeners a chance to hear just the Marvel talk in a cool way where we can curate it. We can have some interaction with people that listen. So we decided to make a spinoff podcast that is kind of a, a companion piece. Marvel Schmarvel. Movie Schmovie presents Marvel Schmarvel. Right. And we will cover Marvel things on there. Um, you know, I, now, we haven't determined what we're going to do for films as they come. But right now, we're going to... I mean, there's a ton of shows coming on. From from now, there's, there's uh, Marvel the Winter Soldier, Loki, Miss um, Marvel. There's a ton of shows coming that we will be able to cover separately that we can kind of, uh, you know, analyze and... Um, yeah, so and, and we're trying to yeah. and, and we're trying to record those episodes shortly after watching them too, so that we get those yeah. episodes out earlier in the cycle, rather yeah. than what we've been doing with Wandavision, for instance, which is talking about last week's episode right when in releasing this show, right when the new ones are out. So it's like we yeah. now we're going to be a little bit more part of the conversation with you. Um, now the first episode of that is already up. I don't know if you said this, Ronald, but it's going to be YouTube only, right? I mean, this is YouTube not YouTube only, exclusively on YouTube. And then we're doing this cool thing where um, we're we're starting to ask questions every week, and you know, if you give a good enough theory uh, based on what's happened, um, we we put up a question a couple of days ago. We already have sixteen votes on a, a question that we asked and a couple of answers in the comments. So you know. yeah, so the takeaway with that is be an early adopter, get in early. Yeah. Answer these questions, participate in the surveys, because you're going to probably get on the, the special YouTube yeah. series that we're doing. All right. We'll shout you, you out. You can be a part of Marvel Schmarvel yeah, and yeah. get in early. Because when it blows up, we're probably not going to see your, your vote or your answer. <laughs> yeah. When we get to like uh, you know. 16 or 17 votes, we're not going to have this yeah, kind of personal yeah. when Disney anymore. When Disney acquires us <laughs> yeah, yeah. to be the weekly you know breakdown, you'll, yeah. you'll wish you had done it early. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Right. yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's exciting. That'll come yeah. out every, hopefully, every weekend with these new episodes. Um, Marvel Schmarvel. Make sure you follow the um, the Movie Schmovie Twitter so that you can participate in the questions. We, you know, we put clips up of the um, show. We also do that on Instagram as well. So, yeah, Marvel cool. Schmarvel and Movie Schmovie. Yeah. What? <laughs> Two chances a week, Ronald, to catch up Two with us? Chances wow, a week for free. You're saying this 
for 2021 free. has really turned turned it around. Oh, wow. It's Get really the good. Hell we out must of here, have man. a lot of time at home. No. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, so let's uh, let's jump into to the feature reviews that we have this week. So the first one, uh, I mentioned them at the top of the show, but I guess we'll get to start. Men- we'll just start with Silk Road. Um, that that's coming out today. As you listen to this, I think it is getting. I, I said earlier, Piva, but I do think it's actually getting a, a theatrical, a small theatrical release where theaters are open. Uh, so this weekend, if you're, there's, there's a theater by you, it may be showing it, but it's also going to be on all the digital platforms. If you know, I'd recommend we'd recommend if you want to check it out do it do it that way uh and i think actually next week next friday it's a it's an interesting release like next friday i think it comes out on like the, the physical platform so like you know dvds and blu-rays or you know if you still buy the physical media i think it will be available next week but silk road is coming out today uh it's the uh feature film based on you know basically the creation uh ross albrick and you know his creating cultivating and you know downfall of you know his involvement and and the whole existence of silk road um i i wanted to just mention the real at the top right at the top like it's a crazy story like it's it's an amazing story yeah um it's based on a rolling stone article uh that you can read online actually yeah and i think that like what kind of beyond just the story itself being super interesting i i think like really what pulled me in before we get into the criticism of the film, like Tiller Russell was the guy that directed this movie, and I'm a fan of his. Like, uh, this is his first narrative feature, but he's done a lot of docu series, documentaries. He did um, an amazing documentary from like five or six years ago called The Seven Five about like a corrupt police precinct in New York. Highly recommend that. Um, he did The Last Narc on Amazon, uh, which is also a great series. And most recently, a lot of people have been hearing about him or talking about him because he did the Night Stalker series on Netflix. So he's kind of got a lot of things going on right now. But this is his feature directorial debut. Um, yeah, just just basically about Silk Road. Um, stars uh, Jason Clark, Nick Robinson, uh, Alexander Ship. That's what most people will see. Uh, Jimmy Simpson's in it as well. But um, I don't know. What did you guys? The movie itself, beyond the story being insane, and what an interesting... I think there's a, actually a really good documentary that maybe... Alex yeah, Winter? Alex Winter? You, yeah. Alex Winter? Yeah. 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 yeah, great. That's a great doc, too. Like, if this is a story that interests you, I'd recommend that, too. But, I mean, what did you guys think of this film as a narrative feature, the performances, you know, just itself? What, what, what was your take on it? Uh, hmm. By the f- way, Deep fir- Web is the Alex Winter doc. Yeah, Deep Web. Please that, see right? that. Yeah, so read the article, see the documentary... And then uh, you're done because you don't need good... to see this boring movie <laughs> that's horribly acted. <laughs> these are good companion pieces. Um, I, the storytelling. Okay, so the first thing I think about is how complicated of a, of a situation this is. Steve is absolutely hit it on the nose with how complicated the idea of the deep web is for the the the, the casual person who doesn't know much about Tor, the you know the right. Inter, right. Uh, internet browser that's. Uh, used to access the deep web. And then on there is a site called Silk Road that was created to um, uh, for, for drugs. Um, and, uh, and and that's actually some of the stuff that was on there. So it was drugs and then like guns and it got, it got a little weird, it got a little out of hand, but drugs were what was emphasized in this film. That explanation, the way that they did it is probably some of the best that I've ever heard. And in fact, the explanation of Bitcoin was also very, very um, simple. 
the story itself, I don't know. I, I felt the way about it. Like, I thought it was solid. I thought it, it felt like a very much a paint by numbers. Like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm getting sick of um, the last scene being first and the first scene being last. Yeah. What? It's it's like what? How can we three make, months earlier? Yes. How can we make a biopic or or you know something loosely based? You have one one statement that also changes context in the end. It's just it's the same sort of beats that I've seen. But even yeah. with that said, this was a film that was I'd recommend to somebody if if they're just like you never you've never heard about this situation with the deep web. Here, I I'd recommend it. You know. Um, I feel like there's a better version of this somewhere, um, but I did enjoy it. That's the thing. I did enjoy it. So. I agree with the first part of your statement. Okay. I did not enjoy this movie. I thought it was oh. a slog. I really did think the acting was bad. I thought it felt like a oh. TV movie. I thought it was shot like a TV movie. It felt like they had oh. three sets. It feels felt like they had eight actors. Uh, I just think it <laughs> wanted to feel about those freeze frames. Oh, those freeze frames didn't sequences. do anything for me. Like <laughs> yeah. I kept wanting to understand it as a stylistic thing. I'm like, yeah. both of yeah. you guys have talked about how incredibly engrossing this idea is, how much could be told here. It just really felt like they did not have the budget and maybe the skill to pull off what it wanted to be, which is like the social network, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are a couple moments where there's some genuine tension and they do get a couple of, there's some juice they get out of some stuff, but if you read up on it, uh, one of the characters is very fictionalized, I think. Um, like the Jason Clark character is, is, I don't think, I mean, I think he's a composite, but he's so in, intrinsic to the events of the story that it really feels like it doesn't even really try to tell the story. I think yeah. I will agree with what Ronald said about the sort of explanation of what Silk Road was. It comes across cleanly. And Bitcoin, it's almost like by numbers, but there's also like a scene where like, we need to show that this cop is like not up on the latest technology. So let's show him watching a YouTube video to learn how to use a mouse. It just felt like for 2011, which is when this was set, they kind of misjudged some of that stuff. And I will say that it reminds me of the early days of, of this podcast when I started doing it with you guys, where I took so much notes watching a movie. And it got to the point where if I was watching a movie I wasn't enjoying, I was jotting down nitpicky things that I would then, you know, we would go into yeah. it. And it's like, yeah. I don't do that much anymore. And I realized I was doing that during this movie. And I was like, that's a bad sign. It's like looking at your watch. But if I'm yeah. actually thinking, I need to mention... Uh, and it's some nitpicky thing. I'm like, no, normally we don't talk about nitpicky stuff. This must be a bad sign that this movie is just losing me. And yeah, the freeze frames honestly felt like they're just ran like they kind of halfway would do it. It would feel like, no, they just ran out of film at this moment or they stopped filming at this moment. And they rather than cutting to the next scene, they would freeze and then fade to the next yeah. scene. And they would. Yeah. It would be like this. Yeah, it just didn't feel like it was made with that sure of a hand. And again, I, you know, I, 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 I'm, I've liked the docs that you're talking about that this guy has made. That's so I, I'm with yeah, you on like weird. I'm willing to say I'm a fan of this guy's docs. Um, but this just did not feel like it had the, like I said, they either didn't have the the what they needed to pull off what they were trying to do, or they were trying to do something that was kind of limited. But even Jimmy Simpson, who is an actor I almost always love, feels kind of stiff in this. Just feels. You know, it just feels a little bit, you said by numbers, I don't know. It's like, I was really like, ah, Silk Road, give it, give it to me when I sat down yeah. to watch it. And within minutes, the guy's narration felt kind of flat. And, um, he and it wasn't, wasn't always there. 
Well, it, it was, was like, like you know, narration that just comes and goes in a movie is always kind <laughs> of like, strange. I, the, the Rolling Stone article, a lot of those quotes, or some of them anyway, came from that or interviews that were quoted in that article. So I think the article is called Dead End on the Silk Road, and it's yeah. on Rolling Stone's site. Um, I watched it after uh, I read it after watching the movie just to see if the Jason Clark character was anywhere in there. And there's only like mentions of things. Um, right. You know, you you do you do get into the question of what happened to Ross Ulbricht and like or what he did and and what his punishment was and whether it's too severe or what evidence there is of what actual crimes he was connected to versus what he was willing to do. Um, and I don't want to say more than that to spoil the the story, but yes, I feel like there is a. Like, again, not to say the most obvious thing, but David Fincher could have done something yeah. incredible yeah. with this subject matter, I think. Um, there's another film. There's another film that will be made, hopefully, that I feel like will touch on, a, you know, like the social network. Like, the, I like the yeah. social network. There were other versions of like. And, and you could easily have made a shitty movie you know about I mean? the founding of Facebook, too. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, that sounded yeah, like a yeah, subject that wouldn't say, have been yeah. that good. So this is like a, a movie that should be that good. And or yeah. at least and again, I had kind of halfway and I was like, well, are we really that interested, though, in these entitled assholes who try to rewrite society and don't think about the moral consequence? I mean, like I started to even think I'm not that interested in this guy. Like I don't like even though I am interested in the story of Silk Road and what it brought out in people. Part of me goes like, I don't know that I'm that impressed with this fucking asshole. I don't know. I just I just really felt like I was when it was over. I was so like done with this movie. But I, w I went and read the article. So maybe that's what I should say to people like. Just read the article. Yeah. I think also there's a there's a book actually, oddly enough, my company uh, published called American Kingpin, which is about this oh, same cool. story about him, and uh, that that is really great. It's like an I listened to the audio book, but it's it's great. Um, so I'd recommend that too. But yeah, in general, I kind of I guess fall between the two of you. Like I wasn't a huge fan of the movie either. I, I think the big thing that for me was a lot of the the casting, the performances, and really for Tiller Russell, like I really do enjoy his documentaries, and I think it's because there really is a a style and a voice in his <clears throat> in the way he kind of makes his docs that I felt like was completely lacking here and or just like was forced or faked like it just something was missing um, from this kind of like the tone of what this could have been like you're saying like Facebook you know social network Fincher like I'm even thinking you know you know he's made some you know it could get dark but like, even like the way Adam McKay has made these movies oh yeah you know like Vice and the Big Short like that kind of have these concepts that are not that easy to understand but they do a really good job of like kind of breaking it down and showing the impact on people i wish you could have seen more of the impact on people yeah um beyond just like a news story about a, you know a, a guy who died from jumping who when he was on drugs or you know the, the little bit that you get to spend with like paul walter hauser character who i, I love him in general he's a bright but, spot in the movie honestly that yeah and, and he, that actor is always incredible and he kind of stands out but it's too it's not a lot like you know you don't get enough of his involvement with this you know uh with silk road and like kind of how important he was or or um to to its creation but yeah i don't know it just kind of was like a eh, it was kind of okay to me like i, I did kind of get through it and it was fine watching it but it it did like the performance has really kind of bothered me i i nick robinson was i uh, did not i yeah i couldn't get <laughs> but i but i like him though like i liked i liked him um, I spent the, half that, the movie that, that, thinking that was Ansel Elgort. Well, yeah, I honestly did, yeah. and I had to look it up, and I was like Nick Robinson, and then I was like, well, maybe I don't know what any of these fuckers look like. <laughs> right, like, but I mean, like, I've seen he was in um that an education or an educate no. the teacher, the teacher, a teacher, teacher, a teacher, and I thought he was great in that, and oh, like so I, I've I've seen him in other things that I've really liked him in, 
um, you know, recently even, but I don't know, something, something, also, not, not, not so much in that one, but wow. Yeah. So if, if there's the okay boomer, there's also the okay juniors, <laughs> these like really bitter young people that talk to old people crazy. They're just like, shut up, old man, get out of the office. It's like, what? Just, yeah. His 26 year old boss. Get, but everybody, every, everybody spoke to him like that. I'm just like, come on, man. Like, he could beat him up. Like, I don't, I don't think you should ever like this. Sure, I think some of that power gets thrown around, but we also have to like be a little more realistic. Like, that guy was aggressive enough that he could he could have put the clamps on that info, on that situation and maybe right. created a little more balance. But it was just like, shut up. I even think that relationship in a movie that was better handled and better acted and maybe better cast, I think that relationship would have been one of your favorite little turns in the movie. But it comes off just kind of like, it just kind of comes out like, oh yeah, now that guy did this. Like, he got called a Flintstone in a meeting. (laughs) (laughs) He said, fax me over the information. It was just like, I did like the moment where it's like Jimmy Simpson is meeting with his team, Talbert, Uh, I think was, or Tarbell. Uh, is meeting with his team and they're uh, like talking about what what they're doing and he's about to throw the IP address up on the screen and and yeah. Jason Clark's character comes in and Jimmy Simpson is like god damn it what is it Bowden <laughs> it's like he's like in yeah. front of everybody so I do think again you know you mentioned Adam McKay Steve that stuff would have probably just sung in an Adam McKay oh, movie absolutely. the sort yeah. of like he's out and I also think come up with a better way to make him outdated than a guy who like gets mad typing in a password and starts hitting his computer or something it just yeah. felt sort of like he's he can't be that much of an animal but also finding out that that character may not really have existed he seems like a colorful character who's based on somebody real but I don't know that he was I mean I don't know if you found any evidence of that guy but <laughs> when you look him up it all yeah. links back to the movie and the article just mentions a few things that that character does but they're all spread out in terms of who really did those things. So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. And that's a little sub pet peeve of mine that we may turn into a broader topic one day, which is just I don't think that movies should follow real life. And I don't think you should ding a movie for not being the, the real story. But there Ooh. is something about becoming the if a public perception in a cursory way is that you're telling the true story. Mm. It bugs me that you don't try to tell the true story. And I don't know if that distinction makes sense, but it goes back to the Irishman. I was thinking about it after seeing that. There's a whole thing about Jimmy Hoffa in that. Mm. And people always say, well, what happened to Jimmy Hoffa? You might come away from the Irishman thinking like, this is the true story of what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. Yes. Yes. And then find out, no, almost none of the stuff in this movie happened. You know, like that stink of truth on something that's not true bugs me but i understand what cinema is and i understand what art is and i guess the real lesson there is anybody who thinks they're getting the true story from a two-hour movie is 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 fooling themselves but i think sometimes movies ride that line and try to make you think like this is this is it but i don't think this story really is it even in terms of the story it tries to tell Um, and you know honestly i think a better movie i would have sympathized more with uh, ross albrecht or at least i would have thought about his humanity but he kind of seemed like a douche to me from the first moment so i don't i didn't really that was yeah when you don't like anybody in a movie that's another hindrance to enjoying it but uh i don't know that you're supposed to like anybody in the social network but that movie still still worked so still solid yeah anyway so what so would you suggest it to anybody like would you say like (laughs) 
I, I I'm gonna go with a no for John. Yeah, I just yeah. I mean, I guess if the subject interests you, is, I can't stop you. That's my new rating <laughs> for mm, movies. Mm, I can't. Mm. I probably can't stop you. Um, but but yeah, I was bored with this movie. Oh, Ronald, what about you? Maybe. I it's a know. maybe. Is there like a maybe? <laughs> it sounds so enthusiastic. Po- possibly. <laughs> is there? <laughs> If 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 Judas and the Black Messiah is not accessible to you, and that seems to be a little more geared towards the truth than this, go see that or see another movie that's based on a true story that might. If you be only a have more. two choices between this and Judas and the Black Messiah, and you don't think you'd like Judas and the Black Messiah, <laughs> get Barb and Star go to visit them. Exactly. <laughs> but if you can't get pull that, up your culottes and put on Barb and Star. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's available in the like I said in theaters, uh, limited release, and also on the digital release platforms. Yeah. So yeah. the next movie though, this is a this is a strong strong awards contender, uh, Nomadland coming out. Mm. Uh, it's got like this interesting release thing that they did um, with it, you know the, this theatrical rollout and also the availability on Hulu. But uh, Francis McDormand, what do you think of what do you guys think of Nomadland? I mean, it kind of blew me away. It it it's such a unique movie in so many ways. I mean, it is it is a hang in there and watch life yeah. unfold movie. And I think for some people, the pacing or the lack of like a through line plot might be an, a, a a hurdle to being engaged by a movie. But I think the emotional engagement and the sort of acting tour de force that this movie is. I mean, Frances McDormand is amazing from she's, the beginning to the end. Yes. Everybody she acts opposite, I swear they just found these people in the world. I don't know the true story of how these people were cast, but it felt so real. Uh, even the commercials made me think, is this a documentary about Frances McDormand? Bob-? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just like going into shot, this like bopping culture. around. Yeah. If she's a great person. You know, actually, when yeah. I was at the um, Women's March uh, back in 2017, we were she was there with a group of people very close to us and she was just kind of a ringleader of this group and she would just kind of almost like snap her fingers and be like and her little group would kind of wind through the crowd and go but i mean she kind of was acting the way she acted in this movie she was just kind of milling around and you could tell people were recognizing her but she almost seemed like she was there to see the i'm sure she was there for political reasons but it also seemed like she was there for the humanity of it and i sensed her as an actor just absorbing these other people and enjoying acting opposite i mean i don't know it this movie feels like it, it it's honestly full of joy and it's full of people being good to each other yeah. almost to the extent that it doesn't have the opposite like you keep waiting for that moment where things are going to just turn really bad and for something awful to happen and i think in a movie that was less assured of what it was trying to do you would have had some melodrama piped into this story but i don't know i thought it was like it's a journey. I mean, it literally. I'm not trying to be cute, yeah, you know, or have a pun. It's a journey, you know. It's it's. I mean, it's the story of a woman whose town has basically been erased off the map because the company that that, that was the only place to work in that town closes down. Um, it's a sheetrock company. Uh, yeah, and she hops in a van, and her husband has died at some ambiguous point in the past. Um, and she hops in a van that she has customized to live, customized to live in, because she's kind of down to her last, you know. And she's working little, like uh, seasonal jobs and shifts at different places, and wandering around, following the work. Uh, it felt very real and very much like a different world within the world. You know, did you guys feel the same thing? Like you were getting to see, you know, your yeah. world, and here's something that's happening. Almost, it's in the world, but it's like a parallel universe in some ways i thought it was uh extremely affecting 
Yeah, um, I mean, I think that, you know, she is obviously amazing. Like, she's incredible. She really kind of, like, takes off in this film. But it is really a lot of the people around her. And I, I, and I did read or hear on another podcast that, like, a lot of the people that are in the film are non-actors, are members of a nomad, nomad culture, like, that are, like, for the authenticity that they really went for. And I think that that's something that Chloe Zhao, like, really brings to these movies. Like, a couple of years ago, she had that movie The Rider, which I thought was incredible. And same thing, like, a lot of non-actors, you know, but a great story beautifully shot film i mean this, this movie's gorgeous um and i you know i she she's somebody to watch too man uh she could be like a front runner for best director this year i think no because this movie is pretty special i mean it is the kind of thing like you said john you kind of like hang in and watch what's you know watch this world watch this life unfold and you know that may not be for some people that's the only thing that kind of worries me a little bit about an audience for the movie um but there's enough there, I think, with the performance um, from Francis McDormand and even the little bit that he's in at David Chathairn. And, uh, yeah, like you said, everybody around them just kind of elevates. They kind of just float, you know, like in this movie. And they're so they're, everybody's really great. And it's um, it's definitely like a movie that I'm sure we'll hear a lot about in a couple months when Oscars roll around. But um, I thought it was great. I, I, yeah, I don't know what else to add to it beyond what we've already said. But what did you think, Ronald? Um and yeah, I have a couple friends that are, um, you know, in my past that kind of come and go. You know, they they yeah. kind of disappear for a year, and they're just like, yeah, I'm 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 walking around in Phoenix. Uh, I, you know, you talk to them again, they're like, hey, I'm 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 right near you. You want to meet? You meet them for like, you know, thirty minutes. You try to get in as much talk as you can, but you know, they're kind of on a journey. Um, yeah. I I happen to have a couple friends that are kind of traveling people in this way. So I, I feel specifically close to it. Um, I, you know, any of my Facebook friends know that I had a, a, a pretty good friend from my 20s um, who is who's now homeless and was living out of a, um, a shed um, in a house. Uh, you know, somebody just kind of let him live there. Uh, you know, I gave as much as I could. Um, but these stories are so real. And I guess sometimes you don't realize how close, you know, things could be to, to, to being in that state. And yeah. I think the what this movie does for me is it kind of makes me feel like, you know, you you could you could in, investing in people is is the most important thing in the world. It's not the things that you have around you, it's your family, it's your friends, because all the things around you could change. Your house could change. Your, you know, we inv we invest in friends. We invest in family, and that's what her character did. Like you feel it. You know that the one of the later scenes when her 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 kind of ideas about what she's doing, I'll say broaden, right? And she meets that guy, that young kid that's kind of well, she considers a kid. That's one of the Ross conversations ever because it's you know it's. It, all of her conversations prior to that had been kind of like, you know, how have you been, you know, to, to these random people. She kind of cut to it because she know she she saw herself in this person and she wanted to figure it out kind of quicker than, you know, normal. It was heartbreaking, man. Yeah, it was heartbreaking in a way that I just, you know, you think about people that we're lucky. We're lucky guys. We're, we're, we're on the Internet talking on computers. Yeah. You know, it's just. I have been so close to people who have been, you know, who are doing way better than me. 
that that are now homeless or traveling people, uh, nomads, if you will. That you know, I felt it. I, it felt a little long, uh, but the performances were out of this world. I, I, you know, it hit me. Like I, I was done with the movie. I thought that I felt. I was like, I'm. I don't know how I feel about this movie. And then it finished. I was like. I fucking love this one. Yeah, it, it's right. a it's a mood, you know. It, it it's and a mood. and I I get lonely, like I, as a person no, I, I get, get lonesome. That. I get I get, that, I, I get out if I'm too far out by myself. I get lonesome doing something. If I had one other person with me, I could just about do anything. I, you know, not to exaggerate, yeah. but like so I felt the loneliness watching this movie, and so my my heart was in my throat kind of half the time because I kept thinking about that sadness of the situation she was in, but also the kind of you know we don't want to like like romanticize people who are facing hardship you know that's a that's a dangerous thing yeah. to do but there is a you talk about people who just kind of walk a different path you get a sense that even before she became a person living out of her car she was a person who lived her own life and went and did her own thing and yeah. she has a conversation with someone from her family uh in the movie and you learn a little bit about that relationship and you do yeah. see a little different side but you also understand her a little more maybe after hearing that yeah um, I like the way the movie showed you those things about her character and in a naturalistic way. Even David Strathairn, who's sort of like the second lead in the movie, comes in and out of her life in a very natural way, not a way that feels like the meet cute and the romance or anything like that. It's just a, a, a fellow traveler, you know? Yeah. And there's little things that they notice um, about each other and that they want for each other. But these are people who don't put limits on their life and don't put limits on what's expected of them. And she's doing her own thing and you admire it and you kind of honor it. But you also see the sadness and the loneliness yeah. of it. And yeah. and yeah, it's it's crazy. It's cra it, it That part of it is was so powerful. It really makes me interested with Chloe Zhao like. Um, she's directing a Marvel movie also this year. The Eternals. The Eternals, which is a movie that was supposed to come out last November. It's coming out this November. The cast is incredible. Anyone who knows this show, go read who's in this movie. It's like a it's sort of a who's who of people that we like in some ways, um, or at least that we've seen in other projects and talked about. But like, yeah. she supposedly has been given a long leash, uh, you know, uh, to do like anyone working for Marvel is on some kind of a creative leash because there's a movie coming before and there's a movie coming after and there's plans and there's this and there's that. But she has said that they gave her carte blanche to kind of bring what she does to a Marvel movie. After seeing this movie, I'm extremely interested in what that means and what that movie is going to look like um, yeah. because the emotional truth of this movie is what really kept me going. And yes, I do think there's a lot of people that are going to be like, wow, nothing happens in this movie. And they're just going to think it's yeah. too long and they're not going to get it. But um, it, yeah, it just, I mean, it's, it, I was glad I was watching a screener here at home. I was able to pause and, and walk away. So maybe, I don't know, the movie it most reminded me of, though, was a movie that I did love in the theaters. And that was All is Lost, which is the, mm. you know, the, the Robert Redford movie Redford. where he's out a, on a sailboat that's sinking by himself. But it's watching an actor inhabit a reality and just watching them and letting a camera just find and you know doing little things you catch her doing so many things preparing food uh, you know uh, cleaning uh, fixing things it's just one of those movies where it, by the time it's over you really got to you you got to inject yourself a little bit into a different life and a different person and uh um i mean not that we didn't know francis mcdormand was amazing but yeah you yeah. just totally buy her in this movie she just feels extremely real um and yeah if 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 after we've warned you that it's a little bit of a slow movie and a little bit uneventful by some standards, if it sounds good to you, I think, yeah, this is a movie that a lot of people are just going to have a rapturous experience with, I think. so. Yeah, yeah it's great. 
I've really enjoyed like kind of early in the earlier in the film when she kind of uh, runs into that family at the store and like is talking to the daughter about like being homeless and having the conversation of like what home is and that kind of idea and that theme kind of goes out and gets explored. That's one of the big takeaways for me is like as, as kind of slow as the movie might be and you kind of are just watching this character go through life. <clears throat> exploring that idea just like what home is and what what you make of it and you know that that idea of what you know we tend to attribute to home and like a physical tangible thing versus some emotional connections or friendships or relationships and things like you know ronald was mentioning earlier i i I think that part of the movie is really kind of what um had an effect on me uh pretty heavily affected me and uh is, is a big takeaway for me for sure and yeah she also chloe Zhao also like last week i think we didn't talk about it earlier even last week but she got that universal they announced she's going to do like a sci-fi western dracula movie wow. which just is fucking awesome and sounds cool as shit um and she's writing producing directing under her highwayman production company so i mean this is another just like we talked earlier like these people that are creating this good stuff like they're getting these opportunities and again it's just it's exciting to see and you know this is another again if you if you didn't see the rider i'd recommend that that came out i think a year or two ago um um she did that as well that was great um but yeah so yeah i think we all kind of enjoyed this movie so definitely recommend checking this out however however you can find it uh or again uh i i I believe it's today it it, it may be on hulu if it's not today it's within the week or so but it may be today um yeah so what else is anything else you guys want to mention before we wrap up the episode i think we're kind of nearing the end right now and obviously like you said earlier keep an eye out on the youtube for uh, this weekend's new post for the you know for this week's episode of wandavision we'll do that separately on marvel schmarvel on the youtube page um but what else anything you guys want to drop real quick before we wrap it up not I think I. that's it for me anything for you guys okay i'm good i'm good okay cool just a recap real quick silk road limited theatrical release Ronald's giving it a thumbs up. I'm going to say Ronald, John, is wherever he is, is going to go down a little Can bit. Can you turn my picture like upside down? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Just do it for that part, Ronald. Can you do it? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's got a limit, limited release. And then uh, Pivot, you know, whatever, wherever you rent your digital releases. Um, and then Nomadland, we all recommend. Uh, I'd say we all thumbs yeah, up yeah. on that one. Um, is yeah, turn one, this picture uh, also, upside down for Nomadland. Uh, also... <laughs> Just turn the other one right side off. Right. Um, he is in a limited theatrical release. Also, um, I know here it's opening in D.C. near us, but I think it's all going out a little wider as well. And, you know, again, do the Hulu of it all, honestly, yeah. right now. Just yeah. hit it up on Hulu um, if you can. So so that's going to wrap up episode 287. Um, just one more time, hit up the YouTube, follow us, subscribe if you can so you see these episodes and you see the Marvel Schmarvel content that we're going to be putting up every week uh movieshmovie.com is the site facebook.com slash movieshmovie we're also on twitter and instagram like ronald said um if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes anything marvel related you want us to kind of hit and talk about please let us know that as well and if that's it i think uh we're gonna kind of end this one it's a good episode and uh as always you've made our day thanks bye